Hello and welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I am excited to, to join you guys. Uh, I am your host, Bill Montoya. Obviously, no Kyle today. Uh, he's dealing with a loss in the family, so prayers up to him. Um, and talk a little bit more about some, some more loss that we experienced um, a little bit later on in the episode. But to start off, I do want to address the uh, trip that my dad and my middle child and I took to Denver, Colorado uh, to watch our A's. Uh, we had three generations of A's fans there. Uh, it was a ton of fun. Got to spend the time with one of my dad's old buddies as well. He met us there in, in Denver, and then one of my buddies from high school, Tyvin. Um, had a ton of fun. I mean, it was one of those trips that just absolutely loved to take. Um, had a ton of fun with, with my son, my old man, and then, like I said, both the friends we met there um, had a nice little sell the team chant that we started, uh, had some great seats, saw a lot of things there in, in downtown Denver, stopped at a few stops along the way walking to the stadium. So obviously we had a ton of fun there um, and we actually got to see the A's put a, a beat down on the, the Rockies. The final score was 11 to 3. Uh, I shared some of those clips and uh, pictures from the the game on our Instagram profile. So, again, just a, a great trip, and obviously one of those that, that I'd love to take every day if I could, but uh, with having a job and everything else, it doesn't make much sense to do that. So, anyway, check out those pictures and, and uh, videos that I took and post it to our Instagram if you have not seen them yet. Uh, it was just a, a blast to, to be a part of that. So, <clears throat> Without further ado, we'll go into the uh, MLB trade deadline, which just wrapped up on Tuesday. Uh, a lot of teams made some some crazy moves. I think the the big sellers of the deadline were the uh, New York Mets after a very disappointing season that they've had. Uh, they dumped Max Scherzer to the Rangers. They dumped uh, Justin Verlander back to Houston, Canna, uh, Robertson, Dominic Leone, and Tommy Pham—they they cut all those guys loose um, in and moving towards next season and and possibly 2025 even, and <clears throat> that was kind of what Max Scherzer he met with the team and said, "What are we what are we planning on doing?" And they had basically communicated to him that they would be taking a step back this upcoming season, seeing as Max Scherzer's 40 years old, he probably didn't want to be part of a step back. He wanted to be in postseason contention. So <clears throat> with with that being said, him going to the Rangers, I think that's a great push for the the Rangers to make. They have been in a situation where they haven't been in the postseason in quite a while. So the fact that they're in that situation right now where they're contending for a playoff spot makes all the sense in the world to push the chips in and, and see what they can do. They've been leading the AL West most of the season, uh, but have definitely taken a little bit of a step back, and now Houston's back in that race. So uh, them getting Houston getting Justin Verlander and, and returning him, and then they just had Framber Valdez throw a, a no-hitter. It's definitely going <laughs> to add some intrigue to the stretch for the AL West. Um Pretty much two-team race there, but obviously the Angels could make things interesting as well as uh, the Mariners kind of sold off a little bit. So them and the 
A's probably look to fall a little bit. Well, A's were never in the race, to be honest, but Mariners are probably going to fall back a little bit and, and look towards next season. They are still in the wild card race, but with a couple of the moves that they made, it looks like they might be looking towards next year. So um, with that being said, we, we talked about the Mets. They were one of the teams that lost the most wins above replacement projected for the rest of the season. Um, and then we talked about Houston and the Rangers. Those were the two big winners um, from the trade deadline. Although the Rangers did lose uh, Nate Eovaldi, and he could potentially be out the rest of the season. Obviously, they already lost DeGrom for the season, so they did need some help. Um, so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with the Mets and what they do next year. They're obviously one of the, the major disappointments, spending 300, I think it was $353 million at the beginning of the season was their team payroll. Obviously, it's a, a much smaller amount now, trading off two of the starting pitchers that they signed this offseason that were due, I think, $40 million this season and $40 million next. So that'll help clear some of that payroll out. And then, obviously, with the, the smaller moves that I mentioned with Robertson, Leon, Pham, and Canna, that'll help clear out the payroll as well to give them some flexibility to retool for next year. So I think... Them and the Padres have kind of dispelled the rumor that you could just buy a team, which I don't think that's ever been the, the clear path to victory. Uh, maybe back in the 90s when the, the Yankees were doing it, uh, it worked pretty well. But it's always been build through the draft and then supplement with some, some pieces. Because when you add two Hall of Fame pitchers and Max Scherzer and, and Justin Verlander, and it doesn't really help your team. Obviously, they had some injuries that, that didn't help, but it just goes to show that, you know, you can't, as much as baseball wants you to believe that you can just throw money at a problem and fix it, I think the Angels have been proving for, for quite a while that that's not the, the method to build a successful team. You have to do it through player development. You have to do it through investing in free agents and things like that, so... Anyway, um, moving on from them, we have, I'll just mention a couple of the teams that were buyers, and then I guess some of the teams that were, were sellers, and I'll get to the A's, I'll get to the Pirates, um, and, and we'll go from there. So the Marlins, Diamondbacks, Blue Jays, Brewers, Padres, and Dodgers were all teams that added quite a bit. Um, obviously we already mentioned the Rangers and Houston. Those were the main winners there at the trade deadline. Uh, the Padres kind of surprised me. I thought that they would try to sell off some assets, but instead they, they actually made some trades to add some players. Um, and I'll get to some of those, especially with the pirates because they were definitely a seller at the deadline along with my A's. But, uh, one thing that did surprise me, and I don't know if it should have surprised me, is the Angels did not trade away um, Shohei Otani, which as of right now seems to be the correct move for them, at least in terms of maybe they make the playoffs. Uh, they've had a good little stretch, and then they added uh, Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. They also added C.J. Crone and Randall Grychuk. Probably messing that, that last name up, but... So they had some intriguing pieces, definitely the pitcher in Giolito, although he got lit up in his last outing um, for the Angels. But adding C.J. Corona, a power hitter, although he hasn't been making a ton of contact this year, and then Grychuk, I mean, we watched him firsthand just in that series where we went and watched the A's in person. 
Grychuk tore up the A's. Uh, he was all over their hit, all over their pitchers, and I think that'll be a good addition right there. And then when you have Otani doing what he's doing, right after the All-Star break, he pitched his first complete game shutout in a doubleheader, and then in the second game of the doubleheader, he hit two home runs. So I don't know if there's ever been a, a player to have as good of a day in in a doubleheader, but I mean... I would say that has to be up there in, in overall performances when you figure the complete game shutout and then you figure the uh, two home runs in the second game where he's obviously a, a designated hitter in that game. So very impressive performance for him. And like I said, we'll see in the long run. I think the thing that made them hold on to him is just the revenue he brings in, getting butts in the seats, the marketing that they get from him just being on the team. And Artie Moreno you figure if he trades him at the deadline he has zero chance to re-sign him so at least this gives him a chance to potentially re-sign him in free agency and obviously reap the benefits of everything in between in the meantime so um we'll see what the angels do they never really made a push like this where they're actually doubling down at the trade deadline and then, you know, keeping some of their all-star players. They've obviously done it with Trout in the past, but I don't think they've added like this uh, in, in quite some time. So we'll see if it pays off for them. Like I said, I, th I still think Houston and the Rangers are the teams to beat in the AL West, but all you need is a, a ticket into the dance at the end if you, if you want to have a chance to, to win that World Series, and that's what they're going to attempt to do. And having Shohei Otani is definitely a, a good chip to have in your, in your back pocket there. So um, getting to the Pirates, obviously we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit because my, my co-host Kyle, he is a huge Pirates fan, and uh, – he keeps a, a close eye on them. Obviously, they started the season off really hot and uh, have definitely fallen off in the second half of the season. Um, in fact, they've been one of the more disappointing teams <laughs> right bundled up with my A's for basically the second half of the, of the season so far. So um, they traded away Carlos Santana, Austin Hedges, which that one wasn't much of a loss for them. They had a surplus at catcher after calling up their top prospect, uh, in Henry Davis. So Austin Hedges was pretty much just a surplus at that point, and getting anything back from him was a win for them. Then they also traded Rodolfo Castro, Rich Hill, Dick Mountain. Disappointed seeing him go, but he has committed to playing next season, but obviously that won't be for the Pirates. And then they also traded away G-Man Choi, uh, the latter of those going to the Padres. So We'll see what happens with those guys. Um, obviously, anytime you can go from a last place team to at least having a chance to be in a wild card, that's that's a bonus for the players. Um, I'm sure a lot of those guys get the uh, built into their contract. A lot of the times they have a trade clause where if they are traded in the middle of the season, they get a, a specified amount. Usually it's a, a decent amount, like, half a million dollars just for the inconvenience of being traded. So I'm sure some of those guys have picked up on those bonuses uh, that are built into their contracts. So we'll, we'll see what they do with their new teams. And then in terms of my A's, they didn't do a bunch at the trade deadline. Um, they traded away a couple players. They traded away Sammy Mole, which he was having a, a decent season. I would say he's one of those 
specialist left-handed pitchers that that can get quite a few outs against lefties he has amazing spin he's got a great slider uh, a decent fastball so when he's on he's almost unhittable but he's definitely been on and off this season um so we'll see what he does with his new team and then jace peterson obviously also got traded to the Diamondbacks for just a couple minor league pitchers that they picked up. I think both of these guys uh, that they picked up, they they project to make their debut next season. So it's not like they traded major league players for people that we aren't going to see for two, three years. But they, they did trade for these guys, and both of them have control issues. Uh, Boyle in particular, he has absolutely stunning stuff i think his fastball hits 103 occasionally uh, and he is a starter as of right now but he's also averaging almost a walk per inning and he's got a 450 era in uh, the minors this year so typically guys that struggle that badly with command they they project more for the bullpen role where they're not going out there for nine innings and and putting a guy on every single inning that doesn't usually project well but if you bring them in from the bullpen and and you know they walk a guy it's usually not the end of the world so um we'll see if either of those guys pan out and like i said i don't think we'll be waiting long we'll probably see them maybe even in september when they do the start doing the september call-ups um we're, we're limited to three call-ups now to to bring the rosters up to 28 no i guess it's probably only two call-ups that they could do so i don't know i i think one will be a pitcher one will be a position player and there are a couple guys in the minors right now especially triple a that are absolutely mashing the ball so i i imagine we'll have a couple exciting guys to see um and just to see what they're able to do in in september and and looking towards building towards the future uh just a couple other notes from the a's james caprillion he's out for the season after having shoulder surgery, so we won't see him the rest of the season. He was one of those guys I was looking forward to getting back because their the A's rotation has been so choppy, especially with having to run um, Hogan Harris out there. He's been struggling quite a bit since July started. He had a great June, and then as soon as July came around, he, he couldn't get any out. So he just got sent down today, um, and they called up Zach Neal, which is another project from the minor leagues. I don't see him doing much, uh, but we'll see. I mean, he, he could potentially make a, a couple starts here towards the end of the season, and, and maybe they find something in him, but he's a an older minor league player that has never really made it up to the majors because of lack of command, lack of punch-out ability. So uh, things aren't looking well for my A's, obviously. Uh, they're still stuck at 30 wins, currently trailing the Dodgers 2 to nothing. Um, Urias is a pitcher from the Dodgers that has been struggling mightily this so far this season after being almost unhittable the first couple seasons he's been in the major leagues. Uh, he's been their X factor in the in the postseason almost every season since he's come up. So um, it's disappointing to see them just struggling to hit guys that haven't been playing well. Um, but I mean. We always knew this is what this season was going to be. I know I took the over on win totals that I think was at 68. I, I said I see them winning 70 games, but a lot of the additions that they made have not been great. Uh, Aledemus Diaz, he struggled quite a bit. Uh, Trevor May, he's been a lot better in the last 
month and a half, two months of the season ever since he came back from his uh, mental health break. But, I mean, he was projected to be our closer and, and have an all-star season. And, I mean, he really hasn't been much of that except of late. So we'll see um, what they do this upcoming season. I think getting Estuary Ruiz back in the lineup will help. Uh, Tony Kemp, I think he's probably on his final season with the A's, which is disappointing because he's just an absolute baller. I mean, I know the batting average hasn't been there this year up until this last couple months of the season, but he's one of those guys that I always root for because of how he plays the game. In fact, last night they were losing 9-1, to and he dove into the stands and, and messed up his ribs trying to make a play for his pitcher. So you just love to see a guy like that, that that goes out there and gives it his all, no matter the score. He's just happy to be in an MLB game. He wants to do his best for his teammates, and that's a true leader. So those intangibles, you, you can't teach that. And if if this is the last we'll see of Tony Kemp on the A's, it'll, it'll be a disappointing thing for me. But I also see that they're kind of building towards the future. And then just one more note on the A's before we move on to a couple other th- notes from the from MLB. Um, today, or maybe it was yesterday, the CEO of Bally's company said that they will have more news on the Tropicana site in the upcoming 12 to 18 months. And it sounds like after that, then they'll start talking about maybe putting some, some shovels in the ground. But that's not very encouraging news for, for the Las Vegas stadium. Uh, that moves the timeline out to like 2028 for potential stadium opening. And the whole time the A's are saying, oh, we need to, well, the A's ownership group has been saying we need to have shovels in the ground. Like we need to have a, a new stadium by 2026. That's why Oakland's out. So it seems that they are struggling in, in all fronts. Uh, in trying to get a business plan together for opening a new stadium. So obviously I, I hope this just leads to John Fisher selling the team. And obviously in my <laughs> pictures I posted from the, the game in Colorado, we, well, me and my son were wearing our sell shirts. Absolutely want the worst owner in MLB to, to get out of the, out of this, the game and, and, and sell to a team that wants, or Yeah. Uh, an ownership team that wants to keep the A's in Oakland, which is where I think they truly belong. So we'll see what happens with that. And then just a couple other notes that I had for MLB. Liam Hendricks has Tommy John surgery, so he's out for the season, which is absolutely brutal news. Um, he obviously just overcame uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma earlier this season. So that's a, a really tough thing to come back from and then to – to go out there and, and pitch the way he was pitching and then come up with ending the season with Tommy John, which is going to knock him out until probably at least this time next year, if not later into the season. So he might be coming back for the, the postseason next year if the White Sox even make it that far. Obviously, they could make trades. Anything like that could happen. But tough news for, for Liam, and we'll definitely be praying for him. He's, he's a real stand-up guy, and him losing – his season after going through cancer is is really tough. So keep him in your thoughts. And then something fun that I saw that they're talking about doing is um, they're talking about doing a Legends home run derby next year at the All-Star Game. And what that would entail is some, some MLB legends from, from years past 
coming out to, to smack some dingers in a park. And the, the guys that they had mentioned as being interested in doing this is Ken Griffey Jr., um, Albert Pujols, David Ortiz, Jim Tomey, Barry Lamar Bonds, and then some others were mentioned as well. But obviously with, with that group there, you got five, so you'd probably need at least one more, uh, but probably three more to, to do a, a traditional eight-man bracket and, and end up with some finals. So I, for me, it would be hilarious to see these guys go out there and do it. Pujols obviously is the the most recently retired from the game so he's probably still in the best playing shape but ken griffey jr i mean you see you saw him at the all-star game this past year i mean he still looks like he's in in decent shape could probably hit a couple home runs ortiz he's he looks pretty good too so um and then barry barry bonds i mean that guy's just always been jacked so well i would love to see that let me know what you guys think uh if that would be something you'd want to see or if that's a no for you. And then just one last piece of note uh, from MLB is Rob Manfred got signed to a four-year extension as a commissioner. So I think we all saw that coming. He's a terrible commissioner, but at the end of the day, he keeps all the attention off the owners and on him, and he's making the owners money. So they'll always be happy as long as they're getting their billions. So uh, that's why he's getting that four-year extension. So pretty sad what what the job of the commissioner has become just basically take the heat off the owners and make us money and that's all we care about don't care about your morals don't care about anything else (laughs) if you even like the game of baseball if you call the the uh commissioner's trophy just a piece of metal for the world series champs you know he's made so many disparaging comments that make me just absolutely hate that man but uh He's coming back for four more years, so we'll have him through, I believe it's the 2028 season. And then at that point, we'll probably get a new commissioner because I, I I don't know. Maybe he hasn't ruined the game by then. We'll see. Uh, Benny said, Giambi, Maguire, the Bash Brothers, and the Home Run Derby. So with, with those seven, we just need one more entry. Um, I don't know who. Maybe Vlad Sr.? That'd be cool to see since his son just won the, the home run derby again. Get Vladdy in there. That'd be a nice eight-man tandem there. So, All right, moving on to NFL. So my team, the Raiders, they're obviously in the middle of this discussion, but the running backs, they're not happy, and I don't know why they would be. Uh, they are one of those positions that just gets the ki- shit kicked out of them every day. They, they go up out there Uh, they take a beating and the um, position has basically just been completely devalued guys are getting one two-year contracts for four million a year the the top guys Uh, obviously you have Christian McCaffrey and uh, Derrick Henry that are on their deals that got signed before this major dip in salaries for running backs started but right now there's Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, and Josh Jacobs that are in the middle of contract disputes. Um, Saquon Barkley, he didn't sign his franchise, or yeah, he didn't sign the franchise tag. They reworked his contract that basically gave him the ability to make 900000 extra on top of the franchise tag dollar. Um, 
in incentives. So it brings the contract up to one year, 11 million, which I, I totally get people saying like you're making $11 million to play a game. So you shouldn't be too upset about it. But at the same time, what these guys mean to their teams, it just, the dollars don't line up. Um, so Squam Barkley, I think he was a, a major reason why Daniel Jones had great success last year. Brian Dable, he's another major reason why. But to me, Saquon was, I mean, he was the cog that made the the, the gears turn there um, in New York. So the fact that he's only getting one year, 11 mil, doesn't make much sense to me. But I guess if you look at the market, that's what it's going to be um, that's what's going to be dictating, and, and I don't think as a team it makes much sense for you to pay over market value just because you like a guy, and that's where the Raiders are at right now. Um, news leaked that they apparently made a $12 million, $12 million a year offer to Josh Jacobs. He refuted that fact and said uh, basically this is false. So uh, I don't know what... What happened with the Raiders? It wouldn't surprise me if they offered him a two-year, $24 million deal, but Jacob said, I can make that on the tag and then in another contract next year uh, without having that lock me up for two years without the ability to cash in again. He's only 25, so it's not like he's hit that 30-year mark that, that dooms the running backs. And, I mean, he hasn't had a ton of wear and tear on his body. Uh, he is really good at avoiding contact. Uh, he hasn't missed a lot of games for the Raiders. So I don't know. I, I really wish they would have found a way to make it work, but now it seems like he's going to play on the franchise tag and maybe not be happy. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't perform, he's not going to get a good contract next year. So he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and I think that's where a lot of these running backs feel like they are. They, they have to perform, but the more that they perform, the more they get um, – knocked because they then they say well you've you're used up because you've taken so many hits so i don't know what the answer is i feel like a way that they could solve this which i don't think they could implement before the next cba is kind of what the what mlb did with their mlbpa where they got a bonus pool of money where they could award it to specific players in the case of the mlb it's for the rookies that you know they can't take advantage of those contracts because they're still under team control. So they're getting the bonuses based on uh, rookie of the year, things like that. So if they could create this special pool that they could allot to positions that are, are being devalued, that might be an answer. But like I said, I think this CBA is locked in until I believe it's 2029, something like that. So it, it's not going to be an immediate solution for, for any of these guys. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he essentially requested a trade from the team. And Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, said, I'm not trading you. You can play here. You can play nowhere. And then he even took it further and said, you know, if, if I die tomorrow and Jonathan Taylor isn't in the league, no one's going to remember us. Uh, but the, team, the the league will go on. So he basically <laughs> – I, I don't know that – Jonathan Taylor and his agent knew who they were messing with when they brought up or when they got in this argument with Jim Irsay, but uh, he's not one to be trifled with, that's for sure. He's not afraid to carry out his battles through the media or anything like that. So, um, like I said, I think the solution would be a bonus pool where you can allot 
money bonuses to players that outperform their contracts, whether that's running back, cornerback, rookies, whatever. Uh, it's just a way to help protect those guys that don't have that long-term uh, protection based on the length of their contract. So um, running backs need to be paid. And I, I really think that they should be able to capitalize on their um, productive years, which are typically the first three years in the league. So whether that's in the next CBA, they negotiate where running backs can only be their rookie contracts are only two years and then they can't be franchise tagged. I don't know, something along those lines where it lets them hit free agency earlier in their career so they can actually capitalize on their value before the league phases them out. So um, moving along from that, I, I don't want to go too long on that because I feel like everyone's been talking about it. I don't know that there's a great solution because of the CBA that's currently in place. So I mean, it's kind of just beating a dead horse at this point. So uh, a couple other news and notes from around the NFL since we last podcasted is uh, Zach Martin's holding out from Dallas. He he hasn't showed up to camp. Uh, he is the Pro Bowl, or he, actually, I mean, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because that's how good he is at uh, right guard. He's, he's holding out from the Cowboys, says he won't report until he gets a new contract. Jerry Jones has already said through the media that they won't modify his contract because they need to save money for extending Mike Parsons. Uh, Zach Martin is and has been probably the best guard in the league for the last six, seven years. I, I don't know how many, uh, how many years he's been in the league, but, uh, he's been the best since he's been in. So him, him, Taking advantage of that Madden 99 rating and and turning that into a contract holdout, uh, I think that just helped him in in the media's perspective. And then um, Justin Herbert, he got his five-year, 262.5 million dollar extension with the Chargers, which is just insane to me. Um, obviously, if if he plays the way that he plays and the team starts to win, then he's probably worth it. But I mean, at this point, he's making more than Patrick Mahomes, and he hasn't really done anything in the league. You could argue that uh, he's put up some pretty good numbers, but if it doesn't lead, lead to team success, what does it really matter? Um, I'd, I'd rather have him than uh, Jimmy G, but <laughs> with that contract, obviously, there's that doesn't give you a lot of flexibility with what you can do for the rest of the team. And I think eventually where this ends up is in the new CBA to help out other positions such as running back. I think they're going to make it so quarterbacks don't count towards the, um, the rest of the team payroll and the salary cap, which long-term, I don't know how that's going to work because I feel like the guys or the teams that have the great quarterbacks are obviously going to be able to pay them whatever they want. The teams that don't, obviously they can, invest in the rest of the team i don't know it, it's something that they need to figure out because when you have a contract like that it makes team building not great which is why i think the chiefs are in a great situation where they got ahead of patrick mahomes they got gave him that 10-year 450 million dollar deal or whatever it was I, I think that's the exact deal um so they're in a good situation right now where justin herbert's getting paid more than patrick mahomes and will be for the next six years um and they just keep stacking those rings. So, um, and Mahomes is 
I mean, he's basically alluded to saying, I, I would rather take the, the Tom Brady route and take less money so we can invest in the rest of the team than me making all the money in the world. And then, you know, we don't have any team depth or, or players that can really help us win. So we'll see where they end up with uh, Chris Jones. He's held out as well, and he wants a new contract. So he's one of the best defensive tackles in the game, and obviously he deserves to get paid. So we'll see if they end up in a in a situation where they can pay everyone that's on their on their payroll uh, without exceeding that salary cap. Um, Benny says Josh Jacobs won't sign. I bet he will because he's never going to make that money back if he does not. Um, Ten ten point one million. If he starts sitting out into the season, he's going to lose five hundred thousand dollars a game. So. I think he will be there bright and early come first practice for week one. But we shall see. Uh, just addressing Kyle's team, the Steelers, they did sign Alex Highsmith to uh, an extension. Pretty big money for a player that obviously he had double-digit sacks last year, but he's only done it once. So we'll see if it pays off. I, I think it will. He seems like a really good, motivated player, and they – have a, a good track record with extending guys that want to be there and that have that Pittsburgh culture. So I think that's a, a good signing for them. Helps them keep his pay down a little bit, but also gives him that financial security for now and for the future. Uh, and then just a couple more new news and notes from around the league. We had Sean Payton. He shit all over the Jets and the former Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, that is now the I can't remember if he's the offensive coordinator or if he, yeah, I believe he's the off offensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh, he obviously went there to work with Aaron Rodgers again. Aaron Rodgers loves him. Um, but, yeah, Sean Payton definitely made some disparaging comments towards Nathaniel Hackett and, and the Jets. And that pissed off the Jets really bad. They play in week five, so that might be our first flex game of the season so we can see that matchup. Um, obviously the Jets are on hard knocks as well. So it's, <laughs> I'm sure that's a, a boiling point for, um, for the Jets team. And Sean Payton is not making any friends in his return to the NFL. And just a couple news and notes from the Broncos. They lost Tim Patrick again. Uh, he tore his Achilles. He's out for the season after tearing his ACL last year in the preseason uh, so I don't know, man. I mean, that's one of those situations where as a wide receiver, you lose back-to-back -back seasons to injuries. He, he may be done, and that's sad to see because I feel like he was one of those players that had a ton of potential. And then another one of their receivers, K.J. Hamler, has a heart condition, and they actually waived him. They said hey, he's probably going to miss up to a month, and maybe they'll bring him back. Um, but as of right now, they're pretty sh pretty thin on wide receiver when everyone was saying, going into the season that they had a pretty good wide receiver group so um pretty tough start to the to the off season for the broncos and we will see what they end up doing there were some rumblings that maybe the raiders would trade one of their wide receivers to the broncos but i don't think they really want to do them much of a service so unless they you know offer some good draft picks or something i don't see a, a trade between those teams happening uh, and then just some fun things. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the alternate jerseys that have been announced for this season. Um, the Eagles brought back their Kelly Green, which are absolutely stunning. Love those. 
And then the Titans brought back their uh, Oilers jerseys, also look amazing. And then the Seahawks, they brought back their alternate um, jerseys. I believe they're from like the 90s when they were still in the AFC, and they are phenomenal. They should just go back to those because they look so good. And then the the bad from those, I did see the, the Jets and the Colts, they brought both brought back some well jets are doing some like throwback jerseys that are awful and then <laughs> the colts have some all black jerseys with with the blue numbers and those are awful as well so don't like those um, i don't know if any of you guys have seen those but eagles Ooh, those things are nice and then like i said the the titans throwback oilers jerseys are amazing as well and then two last news notes from, from the NFL. We've got Super Bowl. It's going to be broadcasted on uh, Nickelodeon as well as the alternate broadcast, which that's the first time it will ever happen. Uh, so that's good. I think that's going to help build the uh, younger fans and getting them into the, the Super Bowl. Uh, I know as a kid I always loved to watch the Super Bowl, but I know most kids, I mean, it's just kind of like, they're off in the background while while the game's on. So if there's a, a kids broadcast by Nickelodeon, I think that'll be a lot of fun for them and, and maybe get them into the NFL a little bit more. Oh, and Benny mentioned Tampa Bay is bringing back their uh, creamsicles. So those are phenomenal. <laughs> Although the entire time that they were in those, they, they were just god-awful. So we'll see if they have better luck this time around wearing the creamsicles. But I, I do think those ones are, are pretty good. And then one last note, Dan Snyder's reign in the NFL is finally over. Uh, he was forced to sell the team, essentially. Um, Harris bought it, and they're already talking about because the trademark for commanders got denied. Uh, they're already talking about renaming the team again. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be just changing it back to Washington football team or if they're potentially looking at an entirely different name. So they might be going through their third name in four years, I guess fourth name in four years. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. Magic Johnson obviously was brought on as a minority partner as well. So um, he was the one that originally alluded to the potential of changing the team name again. And now with Dan Snyder, I guess I should mention as well, he had to pay 60 million which when you're selling the team for 60 or 6 billion it's literally like less than 1% of the sale price um but he ended up having to pay 60 million in settlements to because of the findings of that investigation that they weren't going to disclose until after he was out of the league. So pretty chicken shit by the NFL to wait until he sells the team to announce that. And the the financial amount was laughable. I mean, $60 million in $6.05 billion is a, is a rounding error, essentially. So, I mean, he got slapped on the wrist and... You know, he gets to walk away with his $6 billion, so I'm sure he doesn't really care. But with that being said, that that's all I really had. Um, I will be heading home this weekend for a funeral, so that's obviously not a great reason to head home. But I'm excited to finally get out to Double Dubs uh, and try their wings. If there's anything else that I have missed out on since um, since moving away, 
let me know in the comments. Let me know. I'm going to post this clip, obviously. So uh, if you guys have any suggestions on any place I need to hit while I'm, I'm in the Sweetwater County in Wyoming, uh, let me know. Look forward to hearing from you guys, and thank you for tuning in as always, and we will catch you on the next episode.